Unlocking What Was Cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. saying is that superman has super strength super speed he must be good at mario kart and podcasting and pod racing neil obviously because uh he is superman he can probably do everything well mm-hmm. probably can beat anakin maybe not small but oh we're live neil oh well mike thank you so much for joining me today mike i was in the grocery store the other day and uh something caught my eye i was walking through the cereal aisle as as you do i walked by the i walked down that aisle the cereal aisle is kind of like the Lego aisle of the grocery store. Do you do you, do you kind of get that same feeling? Colorful boxes, yeah. you know, same kind of thing there. Mostly mm. children and uh, <laughs> adults that are too uh, <laughs> too too old to be there. That's kind of the uh, the cereal aisle, I think. And then yeah. then there's like the like the health food cereal that no one wants to touch. That's um, the educational Lego. Like, you know, you've got some Lego that's, say. yeah, it's like you've got the Lego that's based on, or the cereal that's based on a license. So you've got your licensed cereals, you've got your classic children toy, you know, your your little Lego, the ones that are based on like Disney movies. Then you've got the educational ones that no one cares about. That's, that's right. the, uh, that's the fiber one and uh, the, the bits, or I don't know what the heck any of them are called, but <laughs> one box in particular caught my eye and that is Oreo O's. We, we have an Oreo cereal. I think that this is an, an old product that was around in the early 2000s that came back at least in Canada, it was gone for a long time. And I saw the product, you know, we don't get, we do get some new Oreo products from time to time. You know, we get some interesting flavors. Obviously we lament the fact that there's no Cakesters in Canada. So I figured I'll throw Oreo a couple bucks towards a new product, a different product on the shelf. And, uh, and maybe that'll show them that we're interested in, in other things, including the Cakesters. So I thought I would give that this, uh, this product a review on the show. The co- so the concept of chocolate cereal, th- this <laughs> eating this, the concept of chocolate cereal. Yes. <laughs> It just solidified the fact that every chocolate cereal to me is the same in terms of flavor, the level of chocolate, like the aftertaste, how it reacts with the milk. It's all Nesquik. Yes. I mean, that's kind of the the, the base uh, is is that Nesquik kind of style. Uh, uh, Bosco, if you will, yeah. uh, <laughs> to, to lead into this episode uh, kind of style uh, chocolate. I've had Oreos, but I, I want to hear more of your review. Yeah, so right away, I mean, like, it smelled like just, again, Nesquik or Count Chocula or I had chocolate Rice Krispies when I went to the States as a kid, and those are really good. I don't mm. think we've ever had those here. No. Rice Krispies are getting a little too cute for me. Like, they, they got, like, strawberry Rice Krispies. They got cinnamon Rice Krispies now. I like the plain ones. Those are fine. I would love to get some chocolate ones up here, though. I love the chocolate yeah, ones. Yeah. Um, but the the shape of the Oreo O's, it, it's a bit too big. They're, they're too big for me. I They're a bit maybe bigger than a Fruit Loop O, yep. maybe the same size. I, I like the Cheerio O. That is the perfect O of a cereal. I mean, they perfected it and probably patented it. I would. I feel maybe. like maybe <laughs> they mm. figured out like this is the size we got it. Um, yeah, you are right about the Oreos being a little big. Yeah, for sure. Um, a little, uh, a little tender sometimes in that milk, you know, <laughs> it's a little too, yeah. a little too soggy. They do get soggy. I, I will say though, you need to have them with milk. Like I had a few dry oh, God, yeah. and I was like, yeah, these are, these are no bueno. You got to have some milk in there for sure. And the milk does taste pretty good though. You know, you drink the milk at the end of it. It tasted fine. Uh, it's missing the obvious, the obvious omission from the Oreo O is that it's basically just the chocolate cookie. You're missing the cream of the Oreo. Uh, they do have like some kind of this 
powdered sugarness to it. I think that's all. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. like the granulated sugar. I guess that's kind of meant to emulate the vanilla of the Oreo cream, but it's not the same. I would honestly just prefer if they made really small Oreos and just put that and called it cereal. Not <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Like those mini bags of, of Oreos that yes. you, uh, you can buy. Those are yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I agree. I like that. Uh, I like that idea. And you're 100% right. There's no kind of icing. And the milk, I guess, yeah. takes the, the place mm. of the icing. I guess that's the idea. Yeah, maybe. I had Oreos for the first time ever in Korea, actually. Uh, mm. I was staying with friend of the show, Danielle. And... Uh, she was working there, and uh, and me in front of the show, Brian, stayed with her for two weeks, and uh, we we got to you know sample the Korean the Korean life, and of course Oreos are, are part of that life. It was uh, I'm a big cereal fan, as you know, Neil, and it was the only cereal that Danielle had, and she was like, you know what, this is probably the best cereal that I found here, and hmm. she's like, like have this, and uh, it'll be okay. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So every morning I had a bowl of. Or you're always with with this milk that and and Danielle she she warned me she was like the milk is gonna be bad like yeah don't worry about it just just put it out of your mind just power uh, through yeah just power through because they don't really have a lot of cows in in Korea uh, and there's not a lot of milk really uh, going around so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Had had that milk with the Oreos, and I definitely was biased on there because the milk was, yeah, not great, and mm. uh, and the Oreo O's because of that were also not great. Now I was told though that those Oreo O's are slightly different than the Oreo O's that we have now. Mm. Uh, so not sure what the complete difference is there, but it sounds like they're pretty similar based on my, on your review. Yeah, pretty much. I, I would assume so. Maybe one day I'll fly around the world to Korea to try them out there and do a little bit of a taste test. But I, I can't imagine, I don't, I don't usually eat cereal in the morning. I'm actually becoming a big fan of eating cereal at night. Um, like after a concert, coming home late from something, coming home from work. Or I do a, both. A, yeah. <laughs> start and finish the day with cereal. That's it's a way to do it. But yeah. I had, I had my Oreo O's after dinner with a cup of tea, watching a movie. Uh, I, I enjoyed it like that. that. That worked out pretty well. One last thing I'll say about it is the name Oreo O. It makes it sound Oreo like you're stuttering Oreo. or something. It's kind of hard. I would just prefer if they just called it Oreos, but... With like a big uh, Oreo, Oreos. With like five O's. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. would have been better than Oreo O's. Like it's just, it, it makes it harder to say, but uh, I'll, I'll finish the box for sure, and uh, I'll try to pick up a different special cereal. I'm, I'm kind of enjoying this idea now, actually, of every couple of weeks, once I finish a, a neat cereal, trying to find a new one. And uh, I'll make this become a reoccurring segment. Maybe you can bring a cereal to the table as well, and we'll uh, we'll review it. But uh, our next review here is actually of a child, a children's song, which I see here you've added to our, our <laughs> notes here for the episode, and that is that it's raining, it's pouring. The song that everyone sang every time it rained is actually about a dude getting a concussion. Which uh, interesting point. It, it's true. Uh, it's a good point. Now, does he ever wake up from that concussion? Do you think? Yeah, see, that's 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 the whole thing. So the reason I, I got on this topic is one day I was listening to Supertramp, of course, as you do. I right. uh, love Supertramp here. And uh, they have a song called It's Raining Again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's got the chorus or whatever. And as the chorus fades out, there's like a, a, a children's choir who's singing, It's raining, it's pouring, the old man is snoring. He, he went to bed, or what is he? He bumped his head and went to bed and couldn't get up in the morning. Right. So, um... He went to bed, and he bumped his head. So mm-hmm. he he's like, ah, oh, boom, just hit hit his head real hard. Uh, you know, maybe he lives in in a small basement, and he, and he constantly hits his head on the uh, on the, on the ceiling. And uh, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, we've all and been there. We've all been there. <laughs> and he uh, 
you know, he's got a big bump, and 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 one of the first things you learn as a kid is when you hit your head, you're not supposed to uh, lie down, or like you're not supposed to go to sleep right after. You're supposed nope. to try and stay awake and and such. And uh, well, this this old man, uh, uh, he he went uh, he went to sleep and he couldn't get up in the morning. So that seems like he died, Neil. Probably most child most children's songs nursery rhymes are actually quite morbid, uh, including the stories and everything. It it's better that you don't dissect children's stories and songs. But it's if, fun. if you can help it, it is fun. <laughs> it, it's just, it's not great if you're around kids and you explain it to them. That might ruin it just a, a wee bit for is them. It, but isn't Ring Around the Rosie? That's that's um. Isn't that isn't that, the, isn't the that about the Holocaust or something? No, oh, no the no, plague. No. Okay, yeah. that's a, <laughs> I don't know. I knew it was one of those two things. It's like there's something to do with something. People dying yeah, for sure. It, a pocket full of posies, husha, husha, we all fall down. Yeah, something about the, the I said flower. ashes, ashes, we all fall down. I remember that being yeah, a, ashes, ashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, yeah. There's some, there's some dark, there's some dark ones. Uh, yeah. I, I, we can mention many more, but yeah, I, I just was thinking that the other day. I'm like, yeah, he just like got a hardcore concussion, and like mm-hmm. that guy is gonna have some CTE in his brain. So, or is he, or he's dead. So. Uh, it's raining, it's pouring. Whenever you think it's raining, now I think of a dead guy uh, going to bed after a concussion. Hmm. Very good. Okay, well, hopefully we don't get, uh, hopefully that doesn't happen to you. I- I'm going to call you now after every rainy day just to check in, make sure you're doing all right. <laughs> Thank you. But Mike, I think it's time that we jumped into today's episode. We are celebrating 25 years this month since the last episode was aired. So it only makes sense that we uh, we dive into the very first season of our beloved TV show, Seinfeld. What do you think? Let's do it. Our first time going into a TV show. This is going to be fun. And and uh, in some of these episodes, we'll do maybe a uh, an episode of a full season. Sometimes maybe it'll be a full show and other times maybe they'll just be one specific episode so uh it's gonna be a fun thing to try neil and uh, i'm excited to to get started yeah sounds good ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 14 of the unlocking what was cool podcast the show about all the things retro that we loved from our childhood new episode every thursday on all the major podcast services we are the number one podcast on the internet hosted by bizarro mike and neil you can support the show on patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool supporters at the five dollar level get to submit a topic and vote on our monthly patreon elected episode all patrons get the show ad free and a little early last week we revisited two games we talked about back on the gamecube was cool podcast we talked about super monkey ball one and two if you haven't already go back and check it out this week we are traveling back in time to 1989 to the start of one of our favorite tv sitcoms of all time the beloved show about nothing seinfeld season one which premiered on july 5th 1989 and went until June 21st of 1990, written by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, starred Jerry Seinfeld, Jason Alexander, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Michael Richards, totaled five episodes out of the 180 episodes in the whole series. Seinfeld lasted a total of nine seasons and has made over $4 billion from reruns and royalties. Mike, what are your memories of Seinfeld back in the day? How old were you when you first started watching Seinfeld? Oh man, that's such a such a big question because uh, Seinfeld has been such a big part of my life for a long time. Uh, I probably first started watching it when I was I was quite young, and uh, and by watching it, I mean like knowing about it because my parents would have it on reruns on often uh, TBS or Peachtree TV uh, here in Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, well, it was a it was a American station, uh, Atlanta station uh, actually. 
that uh, that got aired here in, in Canada, and we'd watch it, or my parents would watch it, and uh, sometimes I'd walk in and see what's going on, and then I'd leave because I don't understand, and uh, <laughs> I want to go watch my cartoons. Uh, and and I think I probably first started actually watching it and sitting down and watching it, uh, you know, not on my own volition, but because of you, Neil. Mm-hmm. Uh, your brother would put it on, who's you know five years older than you. He'd have it on while you and I were doing uh, uh, our paper route, and yep. and it was you know before when we were putting. Uh, in all the flyers for the, the 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 I guess the Friday paper that had all the flyers for the the weekend yeah. uh, in there and you know that was the one that that you needed help with so I came over I, I helped you put all the flyers in every single paper which seems really not efficient thinking about yeah, it well, in now. retrospect it's a terrible <laughs> system yeah <laughs> but uh, it allowed me to watch uh, watch Seinfeld uh, with you guys and I remember both of us laughing at Kramer. Uh, all the time that was you know the funny kind of uh slapstick humor that was really easy for a child to understand and and, and laugh at and and it was silly and the way he talked was was very silly for sure and and i think the rest of the time i would just look down and then you know sort through the papers again and then just look up when he came in and uh and did something like that's really what i remember of seinfeld initially and you know it wasn't obviously until later much much later uh i i guess when we were later like in high school uh, maybe yeah, like yeah, I guess high school, early high school, uh, later high school, we 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 started getting to Seinfeld even more. At least I did, mm-hmm. uh, because it started becoming a bit more relevant. And then it's just been one of those things that as you get older and as you have new experiences in life and jobs and relationships, Seinfeld just keeps being there and being more funnier because all these things. Every time you see an episode, there's something in it. You're like, oh, I can relate to that. Like this, <laughs> this never gets old, and it's. It's one of those things that I find is is so interesting compared to any of those other shows in the '90s that really like you know sure there's there's a a, a timelessness to, to some of them in in some kind of aspect but a lot of these shows are hard to watch today. I think of Friends mm. for example. I know I'm gonna get a lot of flack for that, but I don't love Friends and I I, I think Friends has gone worse as years mm. have gone on. Uh, and you could say that about a lot of shows in the '90s, but Seinfeld, for me at least, is one of those shows that just keeps getting better. Yeah, uh, man, Seinfeld has aged so well, uh, and I, I think yeah, we were around. I was trying to date it back to when we started watching it. Mm-hmm. As early for me, it was I was ten, I think, when I started watching it. You're right, my brother, he's five years older than us, so he was mid high school. He was 15 years old, and I think that's about when we started watching it because it yeah. was it was on that perfect time slot of around 3:30 to five o'clock or so. Like back to back, basically on TBS, uh, which yeah, an Atlanta-based uh, TV uh, TV channel, which was awesome. I would always see advertisements for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> so like, I knew, I knew, like for some years, I knew almost nothing about the Jays. I knew so much more about the Atlanta Braves. Uh, it was funny, but it was on around the same. We would flick between that, and it was also like Everybody Loves Raymond and Judge Judy was on. So yes. I have so many memories of coming home from school. And this is like after maybe we we're a little bit past the Yu-Gi-Oh. It might have been past the Yu-Gi-Oh phase. I think we were getting a little bit beyond that. That especially Pokemon too. So starting yeah. to get into shows based on real people. Uh, starting to watch sitcoms, and this was the first one that I watched with my brother. Who I I would sit with. It's funny because I would sit with him and watch it while he did the paper route. Because I eventually uh, took on the paper route after him, and then you would come over, and then we would watch Seinfeld while we did the paper. It was kind of just part of that routine. Was watching. Yeah. It's the perfect length, 23, 23 minutes per episode. Took about that much time to put together the newspapers, except for Fridays, which was basically slave labor. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that was maybe two or three episodes on the odd Friday, which was totally fine because my brother became 
huge into Seinfeld. We watched all of these reruns on on TBS, and then eventually for birthdays and Christmas, he would get the DVD box sets. We have all eight boxes because season one and two are uh, tied together on a single set. Uh, so we could watch them anytime we wanted. And then that came to a, a complete head when we went to, we, we my family and I took a road trip uh, from Toronto to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is, I think it's about a 19 hour drive. We, we yeah. split it up across two days. And one of the years that we did it, we watched Seinfeld pretty much the entire time. <laughs> and it's funny because that is how my parents, for the most part, uh, know the show is they sat in the, they sat in the front seats. So you can't see the screen. And they laughed at all of it, just like we did. They couldn't even see it. And it's funny because now that Seinfeld, fast forward, gosh, like 15, 20 years, uh, it, that's how I actually experience it now, too, is I have it on in the background. I Same, I, yep. I put it on, net, it's on Netflix now, so I put it on my phone, I plug my headphones in, and while I'm making dinner, I'm listening to Seinfeld episodes, and I'm laughing. Like, even though I've seen all episodes probably at least 20 times, 10, 20 times per episode each, uh, I still laugh at all these jokes. I can picture what they're doing. I yeah. can picture what Kramer is doing, the slapstick comedy. I love Jason Alexander's delivery as George. It's so good. There's the side characters. Of course, we love David Putty and Jackie Childs and Jay Peterman. So all of these characters have just become so ingrained into my into my life. You and I make references about it all the time. We even make references to sign, like things being a quote-unquote Seinfeld moment, even though they have nothing to do with the show. As we've moved on from school, we've gotten jobs. We now are in relationships. We Our friends have, you know, weird stories that they bring to the table. And we always say, like, that's a Seinfeld moment. Or, you yeah. know, this reminds me of, you know, something <laughs> happens at work and it's like George with his boss. And we, like, everything goes back to Seinfeld. It's so funny how how we've like kept it going all these years and and it's there's a the show has only grown in popularity too like famously the show is was somewhat of a failure in the late 80s early 90s it took maybe the first four seasons five seasons before it really started to gain popularity uh and 20 years 25 years after the show has uh has left the air it's just as popular as it was in the 90s netflix i think i have this right netflix paid half a billion dollars to keep Seinfeld from 2021 to 2026. Yeah, I thought it was even more than that. But uh, I mean, e even so, that's uh, that's a crazy amount of money for a show that's been off the air for 25 years now, yeah. right? It's yes. um, it's crazy to me. And Seinfeld, for for a lot of people, Seinfeld, I think it's it's funny because there's obviously a, a, a huge amount of people who love, love Seinfeld and love everything about it. And then there is a lot of people who like, don't like hit no one really hates Seinfeld uh, I would say but there's definitely a lot of detractors of Seinfeld because it's so popular because it was everywhere for so mm -hmm. long and it, it's it's like the Beatles almost right it's like like when when something becomes becomes TV becomes the the medium really mm -hmm. that it, it that it is it uh you know it's hard it's if you know it's it's hard to completely get behind it when you're like well everyone likes it so like you know i got to be a contrarian a little bit um and so i get it in that sense because i'm sure people were getting tired of talking about it in the 90s uh, <laughs> especially the late 90s when that was all there was and then obviously getting even bigger with syndication and with reruns mm -hmm. which is just crazy that that it's been able to keep up like that so uh it's it's um it's interesting how seinfeld has grown and and it's also interesting when you get People in it who not, never really, I guess, thought of themselves as connecting with Seinfeld. Uh, for example, my girlfriend, you know, she, before she met me, 
uh, she very much had a pre preconception of Seinfeld as like, oh, this is like these like what like it's just like just for guys and it's very this like uh, kind of dumb humor and uh, it's it's not really for me. It's I don't get it uh, because you've seen a couple episodes and it's just like, oh, there's that Kramer guy and he's like all crazy. Uh, and then she, you know, I watched, she watched it with me and, uh, actually, no, she actually decided to watch the entire season. Basically <laughs> uh, she, uh, she put it all on. Um, and, uh, and because I have my box set, of course, with all my, uh, all of the DVDs in, she put it on and, uh, she would have it on in the bedroom and I was in the other room in the living room and I would hear them. And the same thing, Neil, like I, I know exactly what scene is happening just because of the audio, yeah. which is amazing. I, I, I honestly love listening to Seinfeld even more than I like watching it. And, uh, and she got hooked, like maybe, and it was funny cause it was probably around the same, like season three or four when it got big in, in, in the nineties that mm-hmm. she really, uh, started, uh, identifying with it and loving it. Like she definitely identifies with the Elaine character, uh, for sure. And I think Elaine is such a well-written character, probably the best female character that I've ever seen, uh, and how, how she's written for. I remember seeing a thing that, that the writers, their whole thing was to write Elaine as if she was just one of the guys mm-hmm. uh, and, and not giving any weird, like, uh, a special treatment over her being a female or anything like that, you know, and, and or writing some, like, makeup subplot or something, you know. It just was just her also experiencing life just as these guys. And I think that is, for a lot of women today, uh, and, and, like, my girlfriend included, I think that is, like, really impactful. And they definitely see themselves in, uh, in her. Yeah, Elaine goes through just as many struggles. She goes through just as many awkward moments and boyfriends and gets fired and gets hired and goes through rough days and has triumphs and everything. She's got just as many ups and downs as the other ones, as the other guys in the show. And what's funny is that she was added in. Elaine is not in the pilot episode of season one. The waitress Claire was meant to be kind of the female lead in the show, but they decided that they needed basically a friend in the friend group to be one of the women. So that's where they went after uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus to, uh, to to be that character. And she she's just a comedic genius. I love oh, yeah. her so much. She's so good. She's still funny today. I love her and everything that she's done. She's got that show Veep. She's, of course, a voice actress in A Bug's Life, my favorite Pixar film, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. It, it, it is weird, though, like introducing Seinfeld to people who didn't grow up with it, like because yeah. everybody that I know that likes it watched it when they were kids. Um, I, I've introduced it to my fiance as well, but we, we didn't start at episode one. I don't think I mainly just like come up with like, if I mention uh, something funny from a Seinfeld episode, I just say, Oh, we have to watch that one. Like the, you know, the festivist episode comes up. So we watch that around Christmas time or, you know, there's a, there's a 10 K for me coming up. So we'll watch the marathon episode or whatever it is. I, I just pick and choose the ones because there are some, some better episodes than others. And that's kind of how we've, we've gone about it. It didn't. Uh, hook her the same way it did with with your with your girlfriend she, she hasn't watched all the episodes or anything i actually talk about it more with uh with her stepdad who's way more into seinfeld <laughs> nice. which is totally fine um what i love most about the show though is that you don't have to watch the show from start to finish it's not no. like parks and rec or the office or or schitt's creek where you have to you know to get the story you can't jump in at season five where with seinfeld i think that there's maybe five episodes in total where you have to watch two back-to-back to to understand what's going on. Um, Mm -hmm. Other than that, you can kind of watch, and that's why this show is perfect for syndication, is that you can kind of watch an episode from season two and an episode from season seven and an episode from season nine and, and still be totally fine with what's going on, Uh, with the exception of maybe some characters having a different boss. 
everything is pretty much still the same. They always go back to Jerry's apartment, which is an iconic TV set. They all have basically like the same hairstyle and they all dress basically the same. Famously, it's a show about living in New York in the, in the, in the 80s, but it was aired in the 90s. That's They kind of kept that same timeless charm of the show where yeah. you can watch it in the 80s, 90s, 20, 2000s, 2010s, and now the 2020s and still totally get it because there aren't that many... Um, there aren't that many current references. They do make a few celebrity references here and there, which haven't aged particularly well, but they don't focus too much on tech or current events. It's not like watching South Park where you kind of have to watch yeah. the show as it's coming out to understand it. You know, it's, it's it's daily hassles of waiting in line at restaurants, being on the subway, being stuck in traffic, going to crappy jobs that you don't want to work. It, it's all things that, like you said, as we exited school and became adults in the real world, the show just became more and more and more relatable. And we started to relate to different characters than when we were kids. Yeah, no, exactly. It just the, the, rel- the relatability just gets more and more. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, and I, I, I love it for that. And and I also love like it obviously this this show really subverted the the sitcom narrative at the time and the whole like kind of very happy 80s uh style uh, sitcoms that were on um i you know i definitely love it. it's it's nihilism and just like yeah yes. like nothing matters and just like everything's the same and no matter what you do you can't like achieve anything which is <laughs> you know I, I i love that kind of humor but one thing i really like about it that i i i kind of noticed this year more when i was watching it was their use of brands and i looked into that like how they want to use brands and larry david and jerry uh they kind of were like let's just put brands in and see what happens like they mm-hmm. th- and they figured and they figured right that they could just talk about brands without having to ask them for licensing or anything like that, because that's free product placement. Mm-hmm. And and you see it more and more at first in the, the, the first couple episodes or the first season, as we're going to talk about, uh, you don't see it as much, but definitely as the show progresses, you see uh, them name drop brands all the time. And that's a big thing that, uh, that shows didn't do and still don't do that much of. And it's something that makes it way more relatable though, at least like for me, uh, I I can see myself much more like I see Jerry eating his honeycomb. Yeah, uh, I see, you know, I I see these these brands are always brought up, and it it just it makes me feel like you're part of that universe, and and especially if you're someone who lives in a big city, uh, like there's so many things here that you really connect with. You can almost guarantee that the Junior Mint would not be in business today if yeah. it weren't for Seinfeld. Like, there's no way because like there were other candies that they talked about in that show, like Pez came up, Juji Fruit, which is yeah. our that's our jujubes, gum, jujubes in, in Canada, I think we call them. Like there's yeah. candies that, that show up from time to time and there's there's cereals, but some of them just catch on so much better than the others. It's true though. The product placement in this show is very well done. There, I don't think there's any in season one. Again, season one, very short. We're going to we're gonna dive into each episode maybe bit by bit. We can do that with this episode because there's only five, but I don't think that there's any like mention of like Coca-Cola or, you know, any cereal, any sport. I don't think they mention any sports teams except for maybe the... No, they do because... Um, Jerry tapes uh, the sporting, yeah, the, the Mets. Uh, Mets game. So yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah, they do mention a, uh, one sports team at one point, but yeah, it's uh, it's so expertly done. I, I love it. And it's so cool, like when you watch the first couple episodes with Jerry's apartment, I mentioned basically Jerry's apartment is kind of like the unofficial fifth member of the group because it's so iconic. Yeah, it, It's cool to go back and watch these early episodes 
episodes because the you know, the kitchen is very bare. The whole apartment is basically it looks like he just moved in yeah. compared to the end of the series where you can see he's got VHS tapes and CDs and there's a bike on the back wall and there's posters up. In these early episodes, it looks like like he's just it's like an Airbnb. Like he's only there for a week and then he's leaving because it's such a it's a very scrappy show. The first season, it's very scrappy. They had no budget yet and it, it's cool to watch the characters, you know, Kramer is not quite how he's supposed to be yet. George and Elaine are close. George is actually still doing his Woody Allen impression, which is yes. really funny. When yeah. Jason Alexander got the role, he said it read like a uh, like a uh, Woody Allen movie, so he just he did it like that until he found out. Oh, I'm supposed to be copying Larry David, and that's because when- that was the uh, yeah when he got fired. Uh, yeah, it was that episode because he gets. Uh, George gets uh, – uh, well, George quits and, and uh, goes berserk at his boss, realizes that was a bad idea, and then goes back and tries to get his job back basically by pretending it never happened. And Jason Alexander's reading the script and he's like, who would ever react like this? This isn't realistic at all. And Larry looks at him and is like, it happened to me. It happened That's to me. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and then George was like, oh. Or yeah. Jason was like, oh, I see. And yeah, that was the change there, which is yeah. – I love I love hearing stuff like that. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. It's it's great. And uh, episode one, let's uh, let's dive into Neil. Let's, let's go episode, episode by episode here. Uh, the mm-hmm. Seinfeld Chronicles is what the name of the show was originally called. Uh, and, and that was uh, kind of their idea of it. It was just supposed to be kind of a one-off. They weren't sure what it was going to be, just as pilots are. Uh, and uh, aired July 5th, 1989. Uh, the, it's got the just like the white logo, uh, which yeah. always bugs me. I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, no, the Seinfeld logo <laughs> is so iconic and so great. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's got that weird just big S. And, uh, and he's got quite a few kind of comedy bits that he does in there uh, when he does his stand-up. Of course, most Seinfeld episodes are bookended by uh, Jerry doing his stand-up uh, for a couple uh, – for like a minute or two at the beginning and same thing at, at the end. And this one, I think he does it three times because mm-hmm. he does one in the middle. And this is the only – there's only two episodes that I can think of where his comedy is like uh, – or his stand-up is referenced – uh, his stand-up gig is referenced in the show and like leading into it because mm-hmm. Elaine's like, "Oh, you're you're gonna be 20 minutes late, uh, or like, or you only have 20 minutes to get to to your show." And then he goes, and then uh, uh, the next scene is him doing his stand-up, and then it happens again, like season, I don't know, uh, th- three maybe or two, uh, with the cashmere sweater. Oh yeah, when people are heckling him about, or no, the cashmere sweater is the one where yeah, where he's getting heckled. Yeah, yeah, by by the oh, the, the, the drunk guy who's being yeah. on and off the wagon. Yeah, there, there's a few like that. There's another one like where Kramer is he's like roasted himself like a turkey, and Newman and Kramer come <laughs> out and they're fighting while he's on stage. That was yeah. meant to be the original premise of the show before it yeah. became the show about nothing. The the point, the real point of the show was how a comedian finds his material for the show. That's right for his his stand up routine. That was meant to be the idea. They got away from that eventually, but. They it did kind of swing back into that from time to time, and I did like it when they, uh, when they did that. Yeah, the one about the cashmere sweater was funny, where the the drunk guy comes and heckles him. I like that. I think that's season two. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, but no, season one. It, it's funny to go back and watch it, man, because like it starts up and the original jingle. Even it's not the bass. They didn't have. They didn't hire the uh, the bassist yet to do uh, to do the iconic bass line from the Seinfeld show. It was actually made more like a. Uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but like doo-wop sounds i don't know what you'd call it yeah yeah <laughs> like maybe four or five like barbershop women doing it yeah it was really funny and that that was the music it wasn't that slap bass yet 
Um, but they still kept the, the framework for the show was all there, starting with uh, Jerry stand up and then uh, going to the apartment. But there's just little things missing from it. Kramer doesn't have his grand entrance yet. Uh, Elaine is not in this first episode. Coffee um, shop is different. They're sitting coffee shop at a yeah. different coffee shop and they're sitting in the middle. Isn't that weird? That actually kind of threw me off uh, <laughs> when they're uh, that they sit in the middle instead of the booth. The booth is just the perfect uh, place for camera placement, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's 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 the perfect place to film something, uh, because you have the the idea of this invisible wall uh, there that you can mm-hmm. use. Yeah, monks uh, monks cop monks cafe is not uh, not there yet. I think it's called the Skylight Diner or something. I forget. They pan to it outside. I forget okay. what it's supp- supposed to be called. But yeah, that's that's it's Tom's restaurant in real life in New mm. York in Manhattan. I've yep. been there. It's uh it's actually there. It doesn't look the same on the inside. There, it's Just all the filmed. Outside. Yeah, just the outside, and then it's filmed in a studio for the rest of it. But yeah, their their meetup spot is uh, is not there yet. It does come into play later on. I think that's episode three. They come back to Monks, and it's it's actually there. But there are still a few funny moments in this first episode that I liked. Uh, I do like George, even though he's not uh, he's not doing his Larry David yet. He's doing his uh, his Woody Allen. I like the line. I can't believe you're bringing an extra bed for a woman who wants to sleep with you. Why don't you bring an extra guy too? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, there's there there are some definitely some funny some funny parts in there. Kramer kind of really throws me off because he just seems like he's like brain dead. I know. In 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 the first couple episodes, I'm like, what's going on? Like, why is he just like so stupid? Like he's not. <laughs> and so I'm really glad that that they kind of fixed that character in Michael Richards ran with it um and yeah you're yeah definitely george kind of being super nasally and 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 honestly annoying like woody allen is like he's like mm-hmm. being annoying and uh and so i i, I could like it's funny because i know that this this pilot didn't test well no it was uh it was pretty weak i know people said like um it was too like new york it was too jewish even uh and uh like for me you know looking back at it uh I can I can see why I didn't test that well. It's not that great. Like it's not a great pilot. No. Uh, there's there's obviously some funny parts, but yeah, like even Claire the waitress, which it seems like she's a character, and it's like oh she's not here anywhere. Okay, she just was pouring coffee. Got it. <laughs> uh, I know I know they were supposed to have her, like you said. Uh, I think I think it's because her lines got rewritten, and um, and then she basically like she they didn't like the lines or how she delivered them something like that i think they just needed someone who was a bit more involved instead of a waitress yeah uh, which is kind of a common trope for a lot of these uh uh a lot of these these sitcoms just so you can have someone in in uh, interacting in a coffee shop mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's you know it's an okay pilot uh but uh, I'm not sure. You know, if I tuned in, I'm not sure if I'd keep tuning in, to be no. honest. Yeah, this is one that I don't go back to watching very often no. unless we're preparing for, for this podcast <laughs> or if I just want to start from episode one and watch it all the way through again. The plot, I will say, is not bad. It's uh, it's basically Jerry's got a friend, a, a girlfriend, not his girlfriend, but a, a girl who is a friend coming into town and he's not really sure if it's she's coming in for romantic interests or if she's just coming in and that's kind of the whole thing is him over analyzing yeah. the nature of her trip coming in and if it means he he's going to get to sleep with her or go out with her or if it's just a uh, friend kind of thing so he's not sure what the sleeping situation is where she should stay what they should do and it's it's him talking with George and Kramer in coffee shops on the couch in the laundromat and it, it's a very it's a very interesting plot, actually. It does kind of fit the theme of what the show would become. It's just the execution of all of it is not there yet. Yep. It's a bit bland. There's actually a lot of dull silences in the episode, which I thought was weird. Like, a they lot. didn't fill any of the, the dead air with extra jokes or conversations going on on the side or, or any uh, physical comedy yet. It was it was just dead air. Uh, so it was very empty, unfortunately. So it, it it's cool to go back and watch these episodes, but hasn't aged 
particularly well but and the chemistry isn't there either with the the cast obviously no you know that's like they, this is their first you know like their first time together and, and you can definitely see it like the the, mm-hmm. the chemistry isn't isn't there and, and they're doing their best for sure but let, yep. let's episode two the stakeout yeah nbc did come back and they picked it up they said you guys have four episodes for season one which is really funny to think like four episodes these days but <laughs> yeah. yes episode two titled the stakeout aired on may 31st 1990 this year uh, yeah, a year later, it's crazy. But this episode did introduce Elaine, Jerry's parents, Jerry's dad specifically, played by Philip Sterling, who would later be recast by Barney Martin. And this is a fantastic fantastic episode. It's basically uh, Jerry and Elaine going to a dinner party. Jerry meets a woman, and then he kind of has to, based on this little information that he finds out about this woman at a dinner party, has to go stake out at her business at the law office that she works at in order to get her information so he can eventually go on a date with her. And it's all very awkward because we find out that Jerry and Elaine once went out, but they are now simply friends, which was based on a real experience, again, through Larry David. Mm-hmm. When he was trying to figure out how to incorporate this Elaine character into the show, he figured he would just do what he's lived through and he incorporated her into the show based on his life which is uh which is really cool and the show introduces a lot of things that we would see in later Seinfeld episodes including internal dialogue which becomes a a big thing in the show later on yeah yeah the internal dialogue when he's kind of talking to himself uh, Jerry when he's at the I think that's at the dinner party right then when they're actually yeah when he's he's having that conversation um yeah this this is definitely a, a big step up for sure you can see that the actors are more comfortable with each other you can see that there's a lot more uh, interactivity that's going on there. Uh, uh, Kramer has some great lines. Quone to Quone something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I always quote that all the time. Uh, I love love uh, uh, Liz Sheridan as uh, as Jerry's mom playing Scrabble. That was an mm-hmm. instant just like that. You know, Jerry arguing with his mom, being like, come on, go. Like, that's a great, a relatable moment. Looking up words while playing the game. Yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. Like, playing with your family is never fun. Like, it's yeah. like, you, you do it and you're just like, this was this was a mistake. Um, <laughs> and so I, I like, I love, I love that. Super relatable for a lot of people, obviously. Uh, uh, a cousin who wants to have his last name pronounced or your last name basically pronounced differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, definitely have experienced stuff like that. You know, it's like, it's uh, Levine, Levine. Yeah. Um, and I'm Jerry Cougar Mellon. Camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, being cordial with people who you sleep with is is another good mm-hmm. one of just like how to like that's something that you don't you definitely didn't see at this time when they're kind of talking about these relationships and and really being uh, open about it and 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 be like yeah like this is something that that everyone has to go through at some point it's just like mm-hmm. it's like you're gonna see your especially in in a you know place like Manhattan uh, you're gonna see your ex probably at, at some point and you're gonna be in the same circles kind of how do you how do you deal with that and and I like that that actually is a, a pretty serious undertones uh, that they have there for for this episode and also yeah George really playing up as Woody Allen in, uh, in this one even more this is a great George episode because it introduces us to uh, the classic running gag that George will later on use in so many episodes where he beca- he he takes on his alter ego, Art Vandelay, which you will hear many times. Well, technically, he doesn't take it on, but no. uh, this time they're meeting with Art Vandelay. Right, that's right. But he does take on the architect uh, persona that he loves. Right, and at first he's saying that he, they're meeting with it. He's an importer-exporter, which becomes a thing as well, and then, you know... <laughs> yep. And then, yes, George eventually does become the Art Vandelay, and he's the architect. He uh, does he designs railroads, 
and uh, the extension on the Guggenheim, which didn't take very long. <laughs> um, but uh, my favorite part of this episode, and I, you and I can uh, res- can relate to this so much, watching it back was hilarious, but it's uh, the intro when Jerry and Elaine are in the video store, and uh, Elaine is asking Jerry to go with him to a dinner party, to go with her to a dinner party, and in return, she has to go with him to a wedding. And they neither of them want to go to either of those two things. And it, she's yeah. like, a wedding? And Jerry's like, there'll be plenty of people to mock. And like, yeah. <laughs> like that's that. so that's much. So good. Like you and I talk about weddings all the time. And like we do mock yeah. people at weddings. You know, you talk about people not dressing properly or showing up late or leaving earlier, whatever it is. Like that has become so much more relatable as we, uh, you know, in our 20s and 30s getting yeah. invited to weddings now. I love that. And then when, you know, they, they do agree on that, uh, you know, agreement to go to each other's events, Jerry goes to the birthday party and instantly as he's walking in, realizes he should have brought a present. And he's like, was I supposed to bring something? And Elaine's like, it would have been nice. And as they're like being seated at the table with everyone, Jerry's like, hi, I didn't bring anything. <laughs> I love yeah. that. That's one of my favorites. And he's like, like Elaine is talking to, uh, I forget the name of the woman whose birthday it was, but Jerry's like talking to other people. He's like, I didn't know I was supposed to bring anything. It's like such a good moment. I, that's like my favorite scene of the episode by far. Just showing up to a party and instantly as you're walking in thinking you're underdressed, you didn't bring a bottle of wine, you didn't bring a gift, like just not understanding the situation until you're in the room yeah geez that's too relatable i and then i and then i love later <laughs> on in this in the seasons when george is getting angry about having to bring people and give people gifts yeah. all the time like for stuff and i'm always on board with george in that one i'm like yes this is stupid yeah like going to a dinner party having to bring wine and like why don't we just bring a bottle of pepsi and a yeah yeah it's like we can't bring pepsi i'd be super excited for a bottle of pepsi on that too. i would be super excited if someone brought a box of cakesters oh yeah exactly you don't have to bring fancy desserts a box of cakesters and a a case of uh of some oreos would be would be fantastic but (laughs) it would be lovely moving on to episode three in the series which is the robbery aired on june 7th 1990 this is the only one not written by larry david and jerry seinfeld this uh this episode is written by matt goldman and uh, the idea of this episode was actually written by Seinfeld or was inspired by Seinfeld's own experience of his apartment being robbed when he was a student. Although rather than the door being unlocked, as was in the episode, the burglars broke in through his walls, which is crazy. Oh, wow. And this is a really good episode. It kind of gets we get to see a little bit more of Kramer. Uh, his hair is actually getting longer in this one. Yeah. And it's the first time we see Kramer's slide in entrance. But basically what's happened is Jerry has gone away for, I believe, a weekend or so. Elaine is house sitting. Jerry comes back and all of his electronics are missing and uh, that includes his tv his vcr and his stereo uh there's a lot of really good gags in this uh i i think of uh, when jerry uh, is like i don't have insurance because i bought you know the per- the best lock on the uh on the market and it's only flaw is that the door must be closed <laughs> <laughs> and when he sits down also to like when he comes back from his long trip sits down and he's using the remote there's nothing going on no there's there's no tv mm-hmm. in front of him he's like Elaine, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, that's really good. And like his apartment sucks. Like his fridge can't hold any dairy. Basically, his shower takes forever to warm up, which is which is really funny. I mean, I've never had the uh, I've fortunately never had the, to live in like a situation like that. But I'm assuming it's very relatable if you live in New York. Or old, just old buildings in oh, general. Yeah, I've I've had I've, yeah. I, I that was relatable as uh, a student uh, having 
no hot water, uh, nothing working ever. Uh, like who knows when it's ever going to get fixed. Uh, definitely wanting to move out. And then, uh, and then of course, you know, getting, uh, getting this, uh, this dream of moving out and the, and, and people are like, yeah, yeah, move out. Like, and then Elaine obviously wants to take Jerry's apartment. Uh, that's the whole kind of thing because she has a roommate, Tina, mm-hmm. who's mentioned for the first time who we, we see on and off through the, uh, throughout the years for Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, she uh, she just wants to get the hell out of there because uh, Tina's rehearsing chorus uh, a chorus line right now, yeah. and, uh, and is uh, yeah she doesn't uh, the, the was it the actress waitress or sorry waitress that's actress. right yeah like Jerry <laughs> kind of like chirps on her because she's got this uh, dream of being an artist and like she sucks is kind of the thing and she does come out yeah. later she uh, she dates Kramer for a while too which Elaine. is a, that, that's a funny Elaine that's a really funny <laughs> arc uh, th- this episode actually this unlocked a memory for me actually because I remember watching this episode for the first time a specific scene and it's because up until this age you know aged 11 or 12 when you see cops in tv shows at least or movies up until this point for me they were always pretty competent heroic badass cop you know the movies that i watched they were they knew what they were doing like you could always count on cops and and whatnot Mm -hmm. and this was there's a scene in this episode where uh jerry is talking to the police officer he's filling in the police report and he says like or the police says well mr seinfeld we'll uh, we'll let you know if we find anything and jerry goes do you ever find anything and the cop without missing a beat no no <laughs> and like that was probably the first <laughs> moment in like a show where i saw like police don't always solve the crimes yep. and and, I, and like that uh, that moment i remember that and be like oh they they don't always do everything and you know the older you get you realize how true that is and that that scene I, my brother and i used to rewind and watch that that interaction over and over again really? for some reason that just that was really funny and i i would use that at work too like like Neil, can you work on Saturday? No. Like I would just like without missing a beat. I was no. just I was just I was just imitating this one little scene of this cop. But every time I said no, it was always to that, which was that's amazing, which is funny. And you know, you get to see uh, Kramer doing one of his stories where he's telling a story about him interacting with someone off screen and then coming back and acting it out, which we see later on where he's like, <laughs> yeah. Jerry, I found your things, and you know, he's talking about uh, talking to an old Englishman who lives in the building, and him saying, Oh, by the way, I know about this stuff, and he said. What stuff? What stuff? <laughs> Jerry's like, oh, case closed. He's like, no, why? He looked, and then all that. It's just really he swallowed. He swallowed. He swallowed. Yeah, that's Jerry. it. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that. That's that's the kind of the 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 beginning of of Kramer's uh, uh, stories and his mm-hmm. off screen antics for sure. I love yeah. that. That's a, that's a, that's something that came up over and over again. I'm sure the uh, Larry David and Jerry also loved it. So they're like, yeah. Can you keep doing this? Mm-hmm. This will be funny. And it gets more and more insane. And I love, yeah. I love the off-screen storytelling in, in this show. It's it's very good. The uh, it, the, the sh- this episode is a bit weird with the um with the whole like the rent and and that that was one that I couldn't relate to as much because I'd be like, you idiots, just take the place. Like, yeah, one of you take <laughs> like, it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, I I do like the the whole thing with um it's the childhood rules solve everything it's like he called it yeah that's it you know that's that's a good that's a good bit for sure but uh yeah the fact that that jerry and george uh turns out both want the apartment and then neither of them want to actually step on each other's toes for the apartment so they they uh you know flip a coin they do their little games to figure out uh who is uh who is the one uh to to be able to get it and uh and george gets angry and starts moping (laughs) and then jerry doesn't want to take it and uh and then you know eventually obviously it it turns out to be this amazing place and and uh they get invited for whatever reason (laughs) to come to the the housewarming party and they're just sitting there miserable that part i liked because i i can relate to where just like you you have a couple friends you go to a party you realize it sucks and you don't know anyone there so you're just sitting on the couch 
and uh, waiting for time to pass. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, of course, someone is like, or we have to get rid of this this place. It's got to go. And it's like, how much is the rent? You know, yeah. Everyone asks at the same time. I'm like, okay, that's good. Yeah, that was a good ending. I like that. Before we move yeah. on to episode four, I do need to ask you, Mike, what are the rules of a coin toss? If the coin hits the counter, is it is it invalid? Or are you okay with that uh, interference, as they say in the show? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, I, George, George had a point there. Definitely interference. I, I think you have to, but I do kind of agree with Jerry. I think you might have to call it you know or just be like like right away be like hey like let's no interference um uh and also depends how much interference right yeah are we are we are we we saying like if it lands on there and and it just goes to heads or tails that's fine but yeah if it does a weird hit or something hits some some other stuff i mean if you're flipping a coin try not to just drop it uh and uh why don't you just catch it that's uh, i always like catching yeah when when it's a coin flip it's a catch or or it's invalid for me i mean i know the football rules it hits the field but i I do (laughs) like that part it's very childish it's it just shows the immaturity of jerry and george using schoolyard tactics to decide who's getting an apartment it's really it's a really funny just dichotomy i guess between adult living and still hanging on to childhood ways of living it's really funny but Speaking of childhood ways of living, moving on to episode four of the season, which is Male Unbonding, aired on June 14th, 1990. And this one is basically a really funny episode about Jerry coming to terms with a childhood friend who he doesn't even like anymore. And he's only friends with him because this guy is super needy and doesn't basically tries to keep in touch with Jerry and Jerry doesn't keep in touch with him. And yeah. it's something that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. Mike, this is not you and I. I will say that right now. <laughs> yeah, I definitely can relate to this. There's, there's people. And, and it's usually how it happens. For me, it's often work friends. You know, you're someone that you're friends with at work. And then you leave that place. And that's that's probably it, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then they weirdly want to keep hanging out with you. And uh, you're like, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And then you realize that in outside of a work environment they're not that fun to be around <laughs> or like you're just like yeah we don't really have anything to talk about because we're not working at the same place anymore right. and that's kind of all we talked about yeah uh so this is definitely uh very relatable uh, i'm not sure about uh crying uh, actual, uh, a friend crying to try and keep the friendship but it is funny the whole idea of like breaking up when you're not in a relationship but breaking up with like friendships it's always a, a weird thing because you, you can't officially end a friendship. Right. Uh, it doesn't really work like that. It just You kind of just ghost them. That's kind of mm-hmm. how, how friendship ending works. Uh, unfortunately, I wish friendships were more like relationships where you kind of sit down and say, you know what, I think I think it's time that we took a break. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that is true about friendships. My thing with friendships, though, is that sometimes I find that they can come back like because it just depends sure. on where you are in life. So you, you kind of – it's okay to kind of – take a break from friends and then go back to them like I had a friend that I didn't see for the better part of six or seven years and um like we got in touch again after high school and university like literally we didn't talk through high school and university and then after university ended we started to we chat from time to time and he's coming to the wedding so like my wedding so you know like you never know what could happen but it is weird like when you get a a text from someone like that you haven't talked to in years and they're like you know they want to go see a movie with you and you're like I don't have any desire to want to do that <laughs> um, it's, so it's yep. a funny, and again, like this is one of those episodes that didn't make a lot of sense as kids, but as adults, yes. it makes so much more sense. But I love this episode because it introduces a lot of things. Again, we, we talked, I talked about, uh, not having any baselines in any of the, uh, first three episodes. This one introduces Jonathan Wolf, who's the bassist who will do the bass work for all the Seinfeld episodes. He does the title track for this episode. This is the only Seinfeld episode, not starting with the word the, 
the title of the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jerry did want to, when the DVD box sets came out, he did want to change the title, but for some reason he couldn't. So it's the only episode not called The Male Unbonding. It's just Male Unbonding. And it introduces a uh, another running gag that Kramer will uh, dive into in later seasons where he wants to open up a pizza place where you make your own pie. <laughs> and yep. this episode also introduces the Monk's Coffee Shop as we know it, basically. The chairs look a little bit different, but the layout of the uh, restaurant is pretty standard for what you'll see for the next nine years. Uh, I love that Monk's, yeah, becomes the sixth character of Seinfeld, of course. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the apartment is basically the fifth. Um, the Joel character is definitely very good, and and uh, Kevin Dunn, like you're saying, yeah. uh, uh, plays some. Uh, yeah, definitely the the always playing like the dad or like the weird friend or something in movies. He definitely has that that kind of face for it. He is he's definitely great. You see him a lot in the '90s. You see so many so many Seinfeld actors uh, in the '90s in movies. I love looking out for them. Uh, definitely, this is probably one of the closest ones, other than I'd say having kind of a guest star, quote unquote, um, in this in this uh, episode. Mm. This is one of the closest ones to being kind of a standard Seinfeld episode as we'd see for the next nine years. Uh, I I do love a, a lot of parts in this. The one of the ones that I remember is uh, is Kramer like giving Jerry the phone. Yes, you know, it's it's like it's like take it. Who is it? It's for you. Yeah, it's for you. <laughs> Who's, oh, hi, Joel. Yeah, it's his friend who he doesn't want to talk to, and this is from it. This is this one is kind of weird because it's like it's harder to ghost people back then, I guess, because you get phone calls. There was no caller display, so like you had to answer it. And, yeah, and and this is what Jerry and Elaine come up with later on because Elaine gets roped into it as well. Um, is that they need to start coming up with excuses to dodge him. Like he keeps on inviting them to basketball games, offering to pay to see the. Uh, he wants to, them to go see the Knicks and the Bulls and stuff, which is very generous. But, like, they just hate him so much that they, they would rather not see Michael Jordan if it means <laughs> not having to hang out with him. And they have to come up with these elaborate uh, excuses like choir practice or checking to see if they're they're valid to be organ donors for a patient or helping a nephew study geometry, which is kind of true. Like, like as, as an adult, like, you, you do kind of use ridiculous excuses to get out of certain things if you have to. Sure. Again, something that I don't know if I could relate to as a kid, but now I, I definitely can. And even, like, Jerry like, talking to him, talking to Joel in the coffee shop, and, like, this guy doesn't even talk to like, doesn't even listen to him. And Jerry's like, you know, I'm thinking about going to Iran this summer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and Joel doesn't even like he's just talking about the waitresses taking too long to bring the food out. I've definitely had that where you're like you, you you're with a bunch of people or like you're with a friend and, and they're yeah, they're not even really listening. They're on their own kind of world. And and yet I've definitely done that with I was like, so been thinking about sleeping with your sister. <laughs> <laughs> just That's having awesome. no reaction. I actually yeah. had had a, a moment like that recently where I was like saying something and my friend just had clearly was not listening at all to it and yeah i was started uh I, I, I wanted to see how far i could go and was it this turned me, out was this me because we went out to lunch today uh yeah this was you neil yeah <laughs> <laughs> in my defense there were eight of us there but no, it's okay <laughs> i love the um and there's another uh side story in this one and that's george with his uh his giant jar of pennies that he needs to get cashed and i i could relate to this as a kid because my family we we kept a jar in our house we still do my parents still do it it's this giant jar. I have no idea what was in it originally uh, that we fill it with coins. And my job as a kid, I loved rolling coins. Um, so I actually understood that joke yeah. at, at the age of 10 or 11. And he takes this this jar of loose pennies to the bank. And the bank's like, I can't I can't take these. He's like, you have to roll them. He's like, you want me to roll 6,000 of these? And I was like, yeah, George, you have to roll 6,000 of those. I like that part. And he's like trying to count them. It's impossible to count them and keep them in the sleeve. It's it's Again, the show is perfect at just taking everyday crap and making it entertaining it's that i mean that's what the show is about it's just like it's just 
taking those mundane aspects from your life and and making it relatable and entertaining and and i think they do it in a perfect way uh and uh, uh i mean another great example is is this next episode neil yeah the stock tip which is actually very relatable these days aired on june 21st 1990 uh, the stock tip was recorded in front of a live studio audience in Renmar Studios in Hollywood, California on March 12th, 1990. So it took about three months to come out. And uh, this is the last episode of the season. It's the season finale. It does yeah. not have the vibe of a season finale, no. I'll give you that. Uh, this episode features the first Seinfeld reference to Superman, which will come up a lot oh. in the series. Yeah. yeah, it's the first time he... I, I, I think he's talking about turning back time in, in this episode. I forget yeah. what, what the exact uh, reference is. But uh, there's a few repeat characters in this episode, which we don't see too often. But yeah. Jerry's girlfriend, Vanessa, who uh, first appeared in The Stakeout, she comes back and... And the only reason why she's back is because they needed Jerry to have a girlfriend and Larry David couldn't remember whether or not they uh, wrote out Vanessa in that episode. <laughs> That's so funny. He's like, I didn't know that. Yeah. So he's like, wait, Jerry never actually broke up with her in that stakeout yeah. episode. So I guess she needs to come back for this one. And that is the one thing that they did. Jerry does end up with a lot of different girlfriends in this series. I think the count is like 60 yeah. or something by the, by all said and done. But they do manage to keep it pretty consistent in terms of him meeting and breaking up with them. Like there's never any overlap. But they never. Uh, so it's funny that like Larry kind of made the realization that he never broke up with Vanessa. But then for almost all of his girlfriends, at least half of them, I'd say, uh, you don't you never even see the breakup uh, or you never even like uh, sometimes it just kind of goes away. Like there's a there's a there's a, uh, an episode where Elaine is like, how long have you been this one? Like with this one? Yeah. So yeah, since the last one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Eventually it gets very muddy. They just, they do not keep track of it. Basically, I think you're supposed to understand that Jerry's just such a terrible person that whatever happens in that episode is the reason for them breaking exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, eventually they're like, we don't need to show a breakup on screen every episode because he'd probably just become too unlikable of a character, I think, if they yes. showed it every single time. Sometimes the breakup scenes in these uh, these episodes are, are very well done. But the premise of this episode basically is that George knows somebody who knows somebody that a stock is going to take off. So he ropes Jerry into, I believe it's $2,500 each. Uh, I'm, I'm investing 5000 10000 5000 5000 <laughs> <laughs> And then he's like, you and me going half, 2500 each. Let's do it. Let's see where it goes. And it, it just, it, it's so funny how this episode from 1990 is so relevant in 2023 with people buying NFTs and Bitcoin and Stonks and GameStop and AMC in the pandemic it's really funny how like times have not changed all that much people throwing their life savings away into stocks and watching the stock go up and down and selling at the wrong time and buying at the right time and hanging in there uh, it's a really good episode i love it and jerry has this side thing going on with vanessa where they're talking about going to vermont for a weekend yeah and uh george has got the great line of like you guys have been dating for a month the three-day trip is like that's like a dating decathlon yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's true i mean it's a it's a good uh i it's one it's one thing i'll do if i'm serious with someone is uh is going away for um or like just spending uh three days uh you know 72 hours basically with that person well that that's a real concern when you start dating is that like when do you when do you start doing the trips and how long is your first trip like are you going to be able to manage being with them for two nights three nights a week yeah. like and a month that is like that is a big like as an adult like think like that is a big commitment like that three is. nights with the person you've only known for a month yeah that's that's a lot i think uh yeah i think maybe <laughs> Maybe two months is better. So, uh, and obviously, mm. uh, that time frame didn't work for Jerry. No. <laughs> and his in internal monologue here is amazing. I love, I love this episode. It's uh, uh, my girlfriend and I went to Vermont, and uh, I think this is 
the I did show her this episode when we got back, I think, and this is I think how she got into Seinfeld is after watching this episode, and and we're like, well, we gotta, you know, we gotta keep watching it now. So did you find the taps with the hot and the cold charming? Uh, yeah, no, no, not necessarily. <laughs> That's that was her, <laughs> not really. Yeah, not really. <laughs> uh, and yeah, his internal monologue is so good where it's like, oh, it's like, what do you want to do for the rest of the day? Oh, we can't do anything. It's raining. So. Uh, Maybe I can take a find an extension cord and hang myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. That line is great. I forgot that that was internal dialogue. I couldn't remember if that was from that or the uh, when they're in the apartment talking to each other. Yeah, I love that. Was really funny. And it's like there's other people that I was trying to figure out where they were. I guess it was like kind of like a bed and breakfast that had like eight or nine different rooms and a shared living space or something. But my my favorite part of, or another classic part of this episode is Jerry and George in the dry cleaner. And Jerry is just trying to get the dry cleaner to admit that he shrunk a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, it's like, it's like, a, this is basically a hand puppet. Like it shrunk so much. And I mean, I've never taken anything into the dry cleaner, so I never found any of those scenes particularly relatable. I used to pick up my dad's dry cleaning when mm-hmm. I would run errands. So I guess I kind of got to touch that, that era or that area of adulthood. But uh, I, the, I, there's one scene that kills me every single time. But Jerry or George is looking away, and as he turns to Jerry, he goes, "Boy, I gotta use a bathroom." And there was a woman right in front of him. Like, <laughs> I find that scene hilarious every single time. He says it like right in her face. I was, I was, I was also just laugh. thinking for Vermont. Um, I there's there's a couple other times in the show where Jerry references like. A weekend in Vermont as mm-hmm. like the the way that he I guess basically screens people like relationships uh, because it's there's the one episode one of my favorite episodes is where he is dating the beautiful attract like attractive uh, a very smart girl who uh, seems to not have any friends and have no oh, life yeah. at all and he can't understand why this it's is Ben Stiller's wife yes that's right yeah, yeah. and um, I think he goes to to George and 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 Kramer he's like uh, we're going to Vermont. <laughs> and uh and like he's basically talking about that vacation again and i think he even does it one more time uh, in another uh oh it's when the not vermont but they go to the pioneer village or whatever oh then, yeah, uh, yeah like the hats or whatever yes. the uh pioneer village yeah that that's funny though because it's like as a couple like a, a quote-unquote boring vacation is like a good test too like and i'm trying to think like i guess going to a cottage would be that yeah for us but it's like i mean i've done a, i've done a bunch of cottage trips with my fiance but it's true like when you're when you go on trips to like you know you go to like me i went to florida earlier this year or going like for you like going to england or japan or whatever it is like those are fun trips but like mm. as a couple like you do go on trips where it rains and you have to spend a day in a in a hotel or in a cottage or one room and can you be with each other through that? And it, it's true. That is like a, a really funny relationship test that you yeah. don't really think about until until you're an adult. Like as a, as a teenager, if it's raining or there's nothing to do, you just don't see your girlfriend that day. And <laughs> and you only do things that are fun together. So it's a funny it's a funny adult thing that, uh, that this show does so well. And I love at the end of the episode uh, with the stock tip spoilers for this episode, George wins a ton of money. Jerry sells early and loses a lot of money. Which is kind of uh, reminiscent of what happens with everybody with Bitcoin and everything these days. Um, but we see George, he wins, I think he won like $10,000 or he made $10,000 on the stock and he's treating everybody to lunch and everything and the waitress comes by and he gives a tip and then he calls her back <laughs> and he like takes a bill away from her because like he tipped too much, which comes up so many times in the season of George being cheap. And it's, it's, that Pulls is a great, <laughs> that is a great way to end the season. I will say yes. that little joke, but again, this episode does not have season finale, uh, vibes. That's for sure. No, uh, definitely not. But that, yeah, that, that little joke does. I love when he's 
<laughs> pulling, tugging the... While the, smoking a cigar, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, George, George's, like, George's coffee shop interactions and everything are always, like, so cringe. Where he's like, sweetheart, honey, sweetheart. Uh, uh, you know, he's cheap, he's an asshole, he's a slow-witted, stocky, bald man. As yeah. uh, Elaine calls him. <laughs> but, you know, there are a lot of aspects of George that are extremely relatable, especially for work stuff, uh, I think, more than anything. And uh, and that's what I really love, too, about Seinfeld is that you really do have all these uh, varied characters. You have Jerry, who is uh, basically you could call him a freelancer, you know, working mm-hmm. at, a work at home kind of kind of person uh and working at weird hours like uh, i think we all everyone has a, a friend like that for sure we have mm-hmm. kramer who's the friend that no one really knows what they're up to not sure <laughs> if they're in school or if they're independently working. wealthy yeah. are you working are you not are you looking for work do you have an education yeah. you just have no idea what they <laughs> yeah. do but they're a blast to hang out with and you're like yep. okay well we'll figure this out and uh <laughs> and are you often a mooch because of it you know in ways as well <laughs> and and then of course elaine yeah is just like like the um uh definitely like make lots of references to her being a woman like in like a, in workplace and and how that experience is very different uh, and i love you know her bosses as well of course uh, uh like mr peterman is uh is number one favorite mr lip uh or Great. mr Lipman, sorry uh, mm-hmm. uh is is fantastic too like like she's definitely got a very different kind of career than george she has to work really hard she has to do her best and she constantly gets kind of uh, uh thrown under the rug and right. even though she's a really good employee and a, and a good writer, uh, you know, like the Seidler episode where she uh, does stuff for Mr. Peterman and then that yes. guy is just always there. Like, that's a really good one. Then George, who's just being the uh, uh, the goof off at work, uh, <laughs> who, who really just does not want to work and has no passion for work at all. And is really just trying to find any way to get out of the the most menial tasks. Uh, and and I, I, I love the variation there in terms of like their their lives and their work. What's funny is that Elaine is kind of like that go-getter, climb the corporate ladder, be a bit of a kiss-ass at the right times, uh, but also standing her ground at other times, being yeah. very assertive in in, in, her, in her own way. And then George being that very laissez-faire, lazy employee who basically if the slightest thing goes wrong at the office, that's it. Like he's, he's, he's writing his resignation letter as soon as something, someone looks at him the wrong way at his job, which is hilarious. Or he, he you know, half-asses it when he knows that he's getting fired anyway. Uh, but what's funny is that, like, as the series goes on, both Elaine and George kind of end up at the same level in their careers, despite having these completely different work ethics. Yeah. And it's really funny. Yeah. Like, George gets a great career with the Yankees, and Elaine ends up really high with uh, J, uh, the Jay Peterman catalog. Even though they both they both get fired, they both get hired by certain uh, employers, they both have weird bosses, strict bosses, eccentric bosses. Uh, I love it. And I love it when those two characters talk to each other because, you know, you, it's again, when you have this friend group where you have two people in your friend group who are very much that corporate America style worker and they have those interesting conversations and you wouldn't expect those two people to be friends. And famously, they're not really friends. Like yeah. they call themselves friends in law. Like Jerry is kind of the uh, the catalyst between the two. And then, yeah, you've got Kramer. Like my one of my favorite things about Kramer is like he it's a, it's a future episode, but he's got a safe and like it's like, why do you need a safe for it? He's like, I got my you know, my valuables in here, my military discharge medals. And Jerry's like, you were in the military? Briefly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you get like little snippets of Kramer's past. And there's theories that Kramer is actually very wealthy. Uh, yeah, Somehow. Yeah. 
which comes up a bunch of times in the series. I like with his talking about Kramer's friends. It's like, I never see any of your friends. They they always, they ask why they don't ever see you. And that's another thing too. Like your friends have friend groups and you never cross paths. And that's, that's a whole other thing. And it's, it makes you think, and it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's totally true. And that's what this show does. And that's what makes this show so special is that it makes you think about your own life and how, not that your show could be a TV show, but how this TV show is so relatable to everything that you do. And again, like how I think you could show this this show to kids, probably 18 year olds now, and they would probably still understand it quite a bit. And people, you know, there's been Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts that make up fake Seinfeld episodes if they were set in the 2010s and the 2020s, and they would all totally work. So it's a fantastic show. I I think it's going to stand the test of time. I love it on DVD. It's great on Netflix if you haven't checked it out. Definitely do because Mike and I are going to be covering the other eight seasons in this podcast at some point in the future. Yes, yeah, we definitely are. That'll be fun to to every now and then go back, um, review them. Obviously, there'll be a lot more episodes, so we're not going to do episode by episode. We'll no. we'll do our uh, our favorite moments from uh, from the seasons and uh, pros and cons. Some some episodes that we didn't like, some uh, some storylines that we didn't like. I know season two actually not that strong. There's some. No. Uh, there's definitely some some weak moments in there. I think Larry David had pulled the rest of his hair out uh, when he learned that he had to write what, 13 more episodes. Uh, I yeah. remember just seeing that. He's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and then, then end up obviously writing like, what, 23, 24 per season after that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's uh, definitely definitely a lot. And, uh, and, and somehow we're always able to make the show funny and always able to have some some great content and uh and yeah the uh the, the future of Seinfeld so what's what's the future gonna bring for us yeah I was thinking about that because they're never gonna do this show again Jerry Seinfeld and the actors famously it's funny because like you compare the show to other sitcoms and you, you sometimes see the actors together again doing reunions and table reads and everything the actors on Seinfeld are very much co-workers they they don't really know each other outside of the show. Jerry Seinfeld had said in interviews, you know, like when he would be walking on the streets of L.A., people would ask him, oh, you know, how's Jason? How's Julia? Like how? But they would say, how's George? How's Elaine? And he, he would say, like, when the cameras turn off, like, they're different people. Like he said, I'm the only real person on the show. Yeah, um, because he's not an actor. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So like these characters, they all made their money. Jerry Seinfeld made millions and billions of dollars on the show. And he was offered... I believe it was a million dollars an episode or, or millions an episode to, to go back and do a season 10. Uh, and he said, no, like he didn't want to do it anymore. These actors don't want to go back to it. And I totally respect that. I like yes. the thought of something being done. And they did give us a, kind of a bonus season 9.5 in yeah. Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I actually have not seen. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, a part of me doesn't want to watch it because once I watch it, it's over. Yeah, you I know? like that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah, It's almost like I know I've, I've heard of people who don't watch, haven't seen the last Harry Potter movie because once they watch it, it's over. I'm sure one day I'll, I'll get to it. But yeah, I, I do know that that exists. I like Seinfeld popping up from time to time in ways that you'd expect but ways that you don't think would ever happen in a way that like i i never expected seinfeld to come to netflix yeah and when it did that was such a huge deal and i've watched it all on netflix even though i have all the dvds and i love how like they came out with that seinfeld lego set a couple of years ago seinfeld was never a show that merchandised the same way that friends did or other yeah. shows did and, and you talked about i'm not a huge fan of friends either i've seen a few episodes a couple years ago i have no idea how well it ages i know it's very popular if you like friends that's totally great but i see friends stuff everywhere like there's friends mugs and bumper stickers and posters and t-shirts i think the only seinfeld thing that i see on a very regular basis is that kramer painting on yep. 
t-shirts and posters and whatever else. That, that's really the only thing that I can think of seeing Seinfeld. Like, Seinfeld is not on mugs and, and shampoo bottles. Like, even though it's like a multi, multiple billion dollar franchise, it only stuck with reruns and DVDs and, like, Monopoly. You know, like that. And that's kind of it. And I like it. I like that it stayed small despite being the biggest sitcom of all time. So when yeah. you talk about the future of Seinfeld, I just want them to keep selling DVDs, keep it on reruns, keep it on Netflix if you can. And and yeah, like like keep making it and make it in higher def. Like if they can somehow find a way to make it HD, I would be all over that. Four um, K Seinfeld, let's go. Four K Seinfeld because it's still in in standard def. Which I mean, like I would love the clearest version of Seinfeld if I could get it. But that's kind of the future that I would like to see. I, mm-hmm, I mean, these actors mm-hmm. are getting close to they're in their sixties now. I think Michael Richards is in his seventies now, so they're getting older. I'll, I'll keep up with their careers. I love to see uh, like Elaine or Julia Louis Dreyfus is now in the Marvel universe, which is hilarious. Um, Jerry's got his odd shows that pop out like comedians and cars getting coffee mm-hmm. and the odd Netflix special. So I like that, but that's kind of all I need for the future of Seinfeld. How about you, Mike? Do you have a, a season 10 in mind that you would like to see that the Seinfeld babies maybe? <laughs> oh God, please. No. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, 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 that's one thing I really, really respect and love about Seinfeld is that it ended and it's something that we can't get anymore. It seems to be a dying breed of things that are able to end and end gracefully. Not well, that that finale isn't that graceful, but but yeah. uh, but be able to go out going out on top, right? Like that was one thing that that I think was really really important to Jerry, uh, and uh, I mean Larry David obviously he left two years before, but him as well. I think it's very important to both of them to to be able to go out on top and and leave them wanting more. They, they're, they're showmen, like right? Like it's mm-hmm. like uh, that uh, Jerry very influenced by the 40s uh the com- comedy in the 40s by Abbott and Costello that kind of quick uh uh those quick lines uh, and those a lot of those one liners like and that was kind of the way for them too in the 40s they like they they had their shows and then that was it the character mm-hmm. was done and then you move on to the next thing and uh, and we we unfortunately don't really have that anymore but uh, Seinfeld is a, a rare rare example of being able to just like completely end a show at its height uh that I don't know if that'll ever happen again, uh, having such a huge show like that uh, and uh, when it's so popular. I mean, the, the, the season finale 25 years ago was airing in Times Square, you know, with uh, and millions and millions of people watched it. One of the highest average view- viewerships ever. Just just unbelievable. And we basically see or we basically got Seinfeld again in Curb, just like Curb Enthusiasm existing. I'm not saying the right. Seinfeld reunion, which is amazing. Everyone uh, unless you're you're Neil and you do want Seinfeld to go on forever, uh, <laughs> everyone should definitely check out the Seinfeld uh, reunion because it's it's such an ingenious way to have a reunion, mm-hmm. and I I think it's one of the coolest things, coolest ideas I've ever seen, and it really absolves you uh, absolves them of anything in terms of like oh it wasn't a reunion so it doesn't have to be this good like you know uh, I I think that's that's fantastic and I think they nailed it I don't think they ever have to do it again um, but I uh, definitely also look at the the table reads or not table reads the round table that uh, the four of them plus Larry David have uh, I think that's from the DVDs you can find it mm-hmm. yeah online uh, wherever uh, also a great one with Jerry Stiller uh, and and him talking about Seinfeld for like an hour that's on YouTube I I've watched that like a couple times. Because he's just a great, great guy, and really interesting to hear how uh, how Seinfeld uh, was working kind of for him, 
and uh, and how he loved Seinfeld and was so grateful to be a part of it. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for the future of Seinfeld in the sense that we get to uh, talk about Seinfeld uh, and new seasons, uh, or, well, new seasons for the show, uh, at least, uh, not not for Seinfeld. Uh, we will stop at season nine. <laughs> and we get to introduce Seinfeld to new people as we uh, as new people come into our lives over the years. I'm sure we'll meet plenty of folks out there that don't know what Seinfeld is. And maybe we'll uh, we'll get some people who listen to this podcast and reach out to mm-hmm. us and say that they checked out Seinfeld because of us. So if you're out there listening to this and you just learned about Seinfeld and you're watching it for the first time, please, you know, message us on Instagram on our dis- join our discord come and chat with us because mike and i are always down to talk about seinfeld mike Ooh, yeah. bought that seinfeld lego set he has it in his apartment which is really cool maybe someday we'll get a seinfeld a lego seinfeld video game that would actually be <sighs> that's the future let's change it yeah okay that's 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 my new answer is <laughs> i want seinfeld the video game lock Holy, it in i would i would lock that in there uh, we go <laughs> even the dvds are great like i love the interactivity in the dvds mm-hmm. how they each one is like a different thing. Like one's a cereal bowl, one's his apartment. Uh, I, I could go on. We could go on about Seinfeld, yeah. but it'll be an eight-hour episode. Exactly. But Mike, while we're sitting here waiting for the next Lego Seinfeld game, why don't you let the listeners know what they can expect next week on episode 15 of the Unlocking What Was Cool podcast. On episode 15, Neil, it is NHL hits time. Of course, it is the the Stanley Cup uh, finals that is, uh, that is happening. Uh, and we're really excited uh, to talk about some NHL now that the now that it's the summer, Neil. I think it's time to <laughs> talk about ice hockey, and uh, we want to talk about the NHL hit series, one of the uh, the greatest sports series of all time. We did this way back on episode uh, like twelve or eleven, I yeah. think, of of the GameCube is Cool podcast, and we did this plus twenty games, and uh, yeah, that was a little crazy. We want to definitely give hits its proper um, uh, its proper talk through and and a deep dive on both those games we'll talk a little bit about hits pro but we'll, we're going to focus mostly just on o2 and o3 and uh and and how uh, uh those have such a big impact on us our childhood and uh keep rolling keep rolling neil Keep rolling, rolling, rolling. NHL hits. Introduce me to Limp Biscuit. It's a great <laughs> arcade sports game. I'm still recovering from the fact that we covered 20 games in a single episode before. That was a mistake. So yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a great time to yep. go back and talk about NHL hits. One of the few hockey and few sports games that I can play because I need that arcadey goodness in my sports games. So it's gonna be a lot of fun to talk with you about that and uh, any friends that come on that uh, join us to talk oh, about. Yeah. I'm sure we will have some buddies come back and talk about some hockey. It's not a bad time to talk about hockey mike even though it's the summer the nhl playoffs are still going uh for another month or two so it's going to be a lot of fun but until then ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to episode 14 of the unlocking what was cool podcast new episode every thursday on all the major podcast services leave us a rating and a review so we can make the show better you can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash unlocking what was cool all patrons get the show ad free and a little early and the option to submit and vote on our monthly patreon elected episode thank you so much to everyone over there follow us on instagram and facebook and join the weekly conversation on our discord channel share us with your friends and family tell art vandalay mike says hi thank you so much for the support and we will see you next week see you later bye-bye the unlocking what was cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from toronto canada and hosted by mike lane and neil gilbert additional voices provided by victor young special thank you to our patreon supporters at the five dollar level i rebel dean donian Joey Sirico, Marty Thompson, Double Ugly, Benito, Benito, AJ Olson 11, Pedro Marquez, Cube Dude, Bogus Lotus, Jude, and Way Overrated. What, what would you import export if you were uh, Art Vandalay?
<laughs> import export Oreos. It's it, 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 I was gonna say Kingsters. obviously yeah, import yeah, Kingsters. Yeah. What, what are you what are you exporting from Canada? What what should we send out into the world? What do we need to get out of here? <laughs> get rid of get rid some of, of those Lay's uh, chip flavors need oh, to go. God, yeah. yeah, some of the really bad ones. Like, I saw uh, I saw cucumber flavor the other day. What the what the hell is that? I'm exporting cucumber Lay's chips. If anyone wants them, uh, whatever country, uh, tax free, tariff free, <laughs> you can have them. 